Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. It's been on my heart to really um, pers- start pursuing um, healing and, and start going after that topic. Uh, I got to be honest, I, I thought I was going to dive into that this week. I started two weeks ago, and then we had Steve last week, and I thought I was going to jump right back in. Uh, but I did tell you that the only thing that's going to keep me from doing it is if if I feel like God gives me something that is in the moment that's the right for that time, and he actually did. Um, I, I do anticipate that he's going to allow us to go back to the healing topic soon. Um, but, but this, this topic I want to talk about today has been weighing kind of heavy on my heart. And, um, you know, we're, we're in a crazy time, a crazy, a crazy season in the history of, of this world. And, um, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to know, to see, to hear, to feel the atmosphere, especially in the United States, but I'm sure it's this way in other places around the world as well. But it feels like the atmosphere is just politically charged and whether it's whether it's politics or just opinions that are polarized for one thing or another, it just feels like there's this polarization. It feels like there's extreme, um, like I, I need to say what I need to say. I need you to hear what I need you to hear. I need you to change the way that you feel or believe to match mine or you're my enemy. And, you know, that's an extreme. I'm not saying that everybody who... Who has who wants to have a voice on things, are to that level. But it is such a, a heightened thing in this day and age. Um, and you know, you can you can just scroll down your Facebook feed and, and just look just a just a quick scroll down, and you'll probably see at least fifty percent of what's posted is somebody ranting and raving about something. I'm not saying that it's bad. All right, to to voice how we feel about things. But what I do want to point out is the heart that we have behind it needs to be checked. Okay. Whether it's, whether it's politics, whether it's religion or, or just things that that you are stirred up about, we need to make sure that we're checking our hearts with these things. Um, It's not wrong to have a, have an opinion or have a stance on something, but, but you know, it's, it's charged social media it's everywhere. The news, like it is crazy charged. You can feel it in the atmosphere if, if you're a feeler. And probably if you're not a feeler, you're still probably feeling it. Um, you, you even see um, things on commercials, like trying to slip stuff in. And it's everywhere you go, there's, a, there's an agenda that's trying to be pushed one way or the other. And again, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that we need to check our hearts. We need to check the spirit behind what we're partnering with, okay? Um, we're, we're constantly being told how we need to think, how we need to feel. So often we're telling other people how they need to think, how they need to feel. And, you know, it's one thing to have your opinion and to stand with it and to be bold about it. That's great. But when we require other people or they're going to become our enemy, there's a problem, okay? Our voices are getting louder you know, we, we have access to posting on social media and, and get a voice out there in ways that just 10 or 15 years ago we couldn't. Um, I want to say this, louder can be scarier, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's more powerful. All right. You can look in, in families. I, I can even say for me, at times when I, when I got too emotional with my kids or whatever, like, if I, if I raise my voice out of a wrong heart, like louder doesn't mean I've got more power in a good way. It just means that it's scarier. And I, I don't want to be that way, but it can happen. But, but we need to check our hearts, okay, with how we're doing things. Um, you know, the, you, even politically, you got the left and you got the right, and they're fighting each other for prominence, for preeminence. And there's just not really a sense of honor in what's going on. It seems, um, you know, there, there have been times when, when I even would get on Facebook and I might say something bold, um, that I feel like is, is heavy on God's heart. 
and uh, and and sometimes God's values are very unpopular in this day and age. And uh, I, there are just times when, if I've done that, I, like here's an example: saying something as bold and audacious as to say that the Bible is the inspired word of God and that it's true from start to finish. And like by Christians, I felt animosity that I would have such audacity to say something like that. That's just a, it's a, it blows my mind that even something like that is a, is a risky thing to say to a reputation, but that's just the day that we're in. And there have been times when I've posted things like that. And, and I felt like I had been in the, in the eye of the hurricane where it's feels safe and, and, and everything's calm. But as soon as I uh, say something that's bold, I feel like I'm sticking my head through a window right into that hurricane, just <laughs> barraging me. And, and it's because of that second heaven realm that we talk about there. Uh, uh, just for those of you who might not be familiar with what I'm saying, the Bible teaches us that we live on this earth and that and this earth would be considered like a first heaven realm. But then there's a second heaven realm, which is where the prince of the power of the air and his demons and principalities reside. And they, they rule the earth from that place. But in Christ, it says in Ephesians 2, 6, that we've been seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And that's elevated above that second heaven realm, the, the heaven realm, the, the realm where God's throne is. That's where we're seated in Christ. And, and Paul, even in, in Second Chronicle, sorry, Second Corinthians 12, had an encounter with God in paradise. And he said that it was, he called it the third heaven. All right. So there's three levels. There's the earth realm. There's a principality realm. There's the God realm. All right. Now, I'm just saying, like, there's so much buzz. There's so much charged atmosphere going on in that second heaven realm and the earth, those who are, who are functioning, um, not in Christ, but, or from the spirit of Christ, but from earthly mindsets, from, uh, from the, from fleshly living or soulish living, um, super influenced by that realm. Okay. And, uh, and, and honestly, like that's where the majority of politics is coming from. That's where the majority of religious thinking is coming from. So that's the majority of what of the, the lasciviousness and the adultery and and fornication and all the things that are not okay are are, are influenced from that realm. Okay. So here's the deal. Um I, I want to remind us. I want to remind us that similar to the way that the earth is right now, there, you know, we got a we got a huge election coming up in a few months and it's like i mean there is spiritual warfare over this thing and and there's just there's battles and i'm not i'm not here to say right and wrong on either side i'm just trying to say there's this intensity that's like never before happening things are, are really ramping up i want to say this and i want to remind us that when jesus was born as a human being into this world the environment that he came into was not much different than what we're in right now. All right. Jesus was born through the Virgin Mary. He, he is, he is God. He's the son of God, but he also became a son of man. And, and he was born into this earth and he was born into Israel, a Jew amongst Jews who were under the Roman rule and the people that he was a part of the Jewish people. Um, they, felt like they were oppressed by Rome. And and as they were they felt oppressed by Rome and Rome was like the the ones who were the governing officials, they were setting the laws. They gave them permission to have their own laws at some level, but they had to kind of function from from their old covenant law and the Roman law at the same time. And they they were they were going with it, but they were waiting for God to rescue them from it. Just like in the Old Testament all the stories of, of when, when um, Israel was in rebellion and God allowed them to be taken captive to different oppressive nations. All right, actually it started before they even became a nation 
oppressed by Egypt. And God raised up a deliverer to rescue them from the bondage and to set them free from that. And then, and then there was times when he raised up judges. There's Gideon and Samson and all those people. God raised up people to set them free from oppression, from an external um, governing force. And, and, you know, as, as Israel had rebelled, God allowed eventually Syria to overtake them, Babylon at different times. And, and they were in captivity to these empires because of the rebellion. But God raised up deliverers who, who brought these people back to righteousness and set them free from the oppression. So that had happened um, time and time again in Israel's history. But by the time Jesus was born, they were under the Roman rule. So they knew this is, this is the trends of God. We're waiting for God to send a deliverer. And there are many, many, many prophecies about a Messiah who is going to come. And they were waiting for the Messiah to come. And, and they were watching for him to come. And they, they believed that the Messiah was going to be the king of the Jews. And so based on historical experiences, they had in their minds what they thought the king coming would look like. There would be an, a kingdom that he was going to establish. He was going to restore the throne of David and sit on that throne forever. Okay, the Messiah. Well, Jesus came and the Jews and the Romans both were watching for this Messiah. They both were watching for him. They were watching the highways, waiting for this king to come in with parades. And as they're watching highways, Jesus sneaked upon them, coming up behind them in a back alley. He, he totally threw them off. They were looking for one thing. They were looking for a great political, kingly, godly leader. And he came in as a humble servant, not even trying to do anything political. He, he came in as a, as a servant. He came in, he, he showed us what a, what a king would look like to lay his life down for other people. When Jesus was born, King Herod was threatened because he heard about this baby being born who was going to be the king of the Jews. He was threatened, so he tried to kill off the kids so he could, he could get his competition out of the way. There was time, times when... After Jesus had started his ministry and people saw the signs and the wonders, they started recognizing this must be the Christ. This must be the Messiah. So people tried to um, forcefully inaugurate him to become their king. Their mentality of this was he was going to rise up and he was going to take over the, the Romans and, and restore the empire of Israel. There were even Jesus' own 12 disciples had this idea of what Jesus' king, kingship was going to look like. And, you know, two of them even approached Jesus with their mom, and, and, and they actually asked her to ask him the question, Lord, when the time comes for your kingdom, can one of us sit at your right hand, one on the left? And Jesus answered them, and he said, you don't know what you're asking. He said, are you able to drink from my cup? You see, they have in their minds what a... What a king is going to look like rising up establishing the kingdom and and they wanted to have a a big stake in this thing and but jesus said you don't even know what you're asking for can you drink from my cup jesus knew that the kingship didn't look like lordship over an empire an earthly kingdom it looked like laying his life down dying to himself to save other people all right um, that's what he meant when he said, are you able to drink my cup? He was talking about his crucifixion. Are you able to crucify your life? And I don't think they fully got it. They said, yeah, we're able. And he said, oh, you're going to. <laughs> he said, you will drink from my cup. But, but, but you don't know what you're asking. It's, it's for my father to determine who's going to be sitting on my right or left. They didn't understand the kingdom that Jesus was coming for, guys. Um, there was a time when his disciples... Uh, did not like the way that, that certain cities were receiving their Messiah. And they actually wanted to call fire down from heaven, just like Elijah did, and smite them. And Jesus looked at them and he said, He said, you don't know what manner of spirit you're of. 
That was Luke 9.56. You don't know what manner of spirit you are of. I want to ask you a question. Do we know what spirit that we're of when we're thinking about what it's going to look like for heaven to come to earth? <clears throat> when we're thinking about what kind of, what kind of uh, things do we want to get established in the, in the government around us and stuff, do we know what spirit we're functioning from when we're, when we're making our stands, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. He, and he, Jesus went on to say that the Son of Man didn't come to take lives, but to, but to save lives, all right? That's, his value system was different than what they were looking for. Then, then when Jesus was about to be um, taken to the cross, he was standing before Pilate, and, and the, the Pharisees took him there, charging him of, of blasphemy. They thought this was worthy of him being crucified for because he claimed to be the king of the Jews. So their mentality of what Jesus was was a very earthly concept of what a kingdom is. And, and Pilate even asked Jesus, he said, are, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus replied, this is John 18, 36 through 37. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. And I just want to say that right now, again, I'll declare this to us for us to hear from the spirit. Jesus, a kingdom is not of this world. Power pause. He said, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Wow. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I'm a king. He's not going to deny this. He's, he knows who he is. He just knows that they're interpreting it the wrong way. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into this world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Let me say this. Jesus is the king. He's not just the king of the Jews. He's the king of kings. He's not the king of an earthly establishment. He's the king of the kingdom that is eternal, that has always been, always will be. And it says in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, it says that the government is on his shoulders. And it says that, that his government will continue to increase. He's bringing his kingdom to this earth. Hallelujah. I love this. But here's the deal. He came to bear witness of truth. When we get caught up too much on the affairs of this earth, we're functioning from a level that is subpar. It is inferior to kingdom truth. Now, I'm not saying that the things that are happening in this world around us are not important. They absolutely are. But what I am saying is that we need to determine what spirit we are of. And we need, to, we need to tie our hearts into what he calls truth and function from his truth because his truth will not bow to a human-led agenda. Amen? Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Now, let me say this too. We can be Christians who hear his voice but, but at the same time, when we start yoking ourselves with things that are not connected with his truth, when we're doing that, that can actually interfere with our ability to hear his voice clearly. So we can be prophetic. We can be seers. We can be whatever we are. We can know the word. We can be in tune with God. But, but it is possible for us to, for us to get distracted by things that are that are inferior to God's truth and and get so focused on those things that it it disconnects our connection to him where we can't hear him clearly anymore and the things that we embrace actually become the lenses that we see and hear him from the lord would have us lay down our agendas even die to them for the sake of being connected to his heart for the sake of being able to say, Lord, I know how I feel. I know how I believe about these things, but I love you more than those. And if I'm wrong, please show me 
I will repent. <laughs> now that's, that's a powerful thought because God wants us to be able to listen to him objectively, to, 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 not, to not anchor down so much on what I believe that I won't, I won't shake if he shows me that his, his way is different than mine. But he wants us to be able to yield our ways to him. If we can, if we can cling to him and his truth and, and be willing to say, I might be wrong about something. If I can yield that to him and let him bring correction because he does that through love, I can align myself with truth. I'll be able to hear him more clearly. I would rather hear him than embrace an ideal that I'm not willing to wiggle from if God has a different ideal. You guys hear my heart? By the way, I, there's, there's about five of you who comment on these Facebook things a lot, and I love it. Keep doing it. But some of you, I know you're probably watching it. Put your voice in there every once in a while. You can shoot an amen or a, or a come on, Jesse. Or if you're like, hey, that was wrong. Well, <laughs> do that at your own risk because there's other people watching. But whatever you want to do. I, we love this feedback, though. I, I, I appreciate what Jasmine said. We we actually do go back and read through what everybody's saying, and, and we like it. Uh, those five of you who have been doing it a lot, awesome. We appreciate that. Angel is one of them, by the way. And, uh, and, uh, but I, I want to invite other people to do this just so that we can feel uh, that connection and stuff. So, All right. Um, so all these people, when Jesus was on this earth, had this concept of what an earthly kingdom would look like, and they were all wrong. Okay? Even... Jesus' disciples, after he resurrected from the dead and already breathed the Spirit into them, even they didn't quite get it yet. In Acts 1, verses 6 through 8, uh, they come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? First of all, his goal was not to restore the kingdom to Israel. It was to just bring his kingdom to the earth, Okay. And Israel's a part of that. I'm not separating that. But, that. but his goal was not an earthly kingdom for Israel. It was heaven on earth. And it was heaven in heaven and heaven on earth. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you, listen, <laughs> their value system was an earthly kingdom. And Jesus like, hey, let's not focus on earthly kingdoms. Let's not even focus on the times. Let's focus on what's most important here. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. Jesus was not looking to get credentials. He wasn't looking to get the applause of man. He wasn't trying to get an earthly crown on his head. He didn't care. As a matter of fact, he knew as soon as he'd done saying this, he's flying and disappearing in the clouds, getting back to where his kingdom throne is. All right? The, those things that you're looking at are not what's important. The Holy Spirit is about to come on you and, be, and empower you because when Pentecost came just a few days later, they received the Holy Spirit, and that was when they began to understand what this kingdom is that Jesus brought to this earth. The Holy Spirit gave them the power and they, he endued them with the power to go bring the gospel of the kingdom of God to the earth around them. That is crazy because it started in the little place they were at and then it went out more and then it went out more. And he said, it's going to go to the end of the earth. All right. Jesus is not as focused on earthly governments as we can tend to get caught up in. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm saying it's not the most important. It's inferior. It's important. But if we get wrapped up so much in all the stuff that's going on on this earth and we forget that our actual assignment from God is from heaven, it's to bring the kingdom to this earth by the power of the Holy Spirit, by our union with Jesus Christ, under the loving care of our Father we get, to, we get to bring His kingdom into this earth. Come on. In Mark 8.15, Jesus said, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. 
what he meant by that, he wasn't talking about Herod as a person. He wasn't even talking about the Pharisees as a people. What he was talking about was the spirit of religion and the spirit of politics. All right. Jesus literally warned his followers, beware that you don't get caught up with the, with the spirit of religion or the political spirit. What a word in a time like this. When, when politics is such an important thing right now. I'm not saying it's not important. Jesus didn't even say don't practice religious practices. And he didn't say don't, don't care about political issues. What he said was don't get caught up with the leaven or the spirit of religion or the political spirit. Don't let that thing consume you and become who you are and drive you in what you're doing. The political spirit and the religious spirit operate on the earth realm under the power of that second heaven realm. It is not from the spirit of God. I'm not saying that there's, there's wrong. I'm just saying it's an earthly system. It's, it's not the kingdom of God. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that it can be driven by, by the, by spirits that we are supposed to be risen above. Does that make sense to you? The political spirit, the religious spirit is oppositional. they, They embrace offense they create division. And Jesus said a house that's divided against itself cannot stand. What do you think the devil would want to do to the body of Christ except to get it to be at odds against itself so that it could eventually fall apart and crumble? That's not what God's trying to do. God's the devil tries to pervert and do the opposite thing of what the kingdom of God's all about. The kingdom of God is about honor. It's about love. It's about selflessness. It's about unity. I don't believe that God's heart for unity means uh, that the coexist thing you see on bumper stickers where it's all religions and all ways of life. Let's, let's just say it's all good, whatever you want. That's not what God means here, okay? Now, he loves everybody no matter which place they come from. So I'm not even saying that to put a, put a slam on any of that stuff. By any means, I love everybody from all those places. But my point is, that's not unity to God, right? But what is unity to God is people fully embracing that spirit of truth I was talking about, yielding our ways to come into his ways, to, to, to lay my life down for him and for my brothers and sisters and for our neighbors. If I lay my life down for one another and you guys are laying your life down for one another and we're doing it God's way, then we are knitting our hearts together. We're doing his way together. That's unity. The pure form of unity is everybody who's in unity is in full surrender and submission to the Lord, doing his way, doing it together. That's unity. Now, if we could get united and everybody be in agreement and let's all try to do it, let's, let's respect one another, let's do things together, but it's not God's way. That's unity, except that it excludes him. So that's not really what he's going for here, if that makes sense. That happened at the Tower of Babel. Okay. Um, Chris Vallotton is one of our spiritual fathers. He's, he's one of the leaders of Bethel. And a few months ago, he posted something on Facebook about the political spirit and the religious spirit. And I want to read through some of these things because I thought it was really powerful and insightful. He said the political spirit and religious spirit have at least 12 things in common. All right. And I'm going to read through these things. Number one, it makes people fear those they cannot control. Number two. It causes people to assign motives to people they don't know. So that means that I can determine what your motives were in that thing, huh? Okay. Maybe maybe some people who we think are doing a wrong thing, we judge their motives, and maybe they actually are convinced that it's that it's a good thing in their eyes. So, you know, we don't know. Like, we can't say that their, their intentions are evil because maybe they actually see it as good in a different way than you do. Number three, 
It leads people to demonize those with whom they disagree. Number four, it causes people to create an us and them mentality. Five, it persuades people to spiritualize the demeaning of people of different persuasions. Six, it convinces people that they are justified in applying a different standard of behavior towards those who they deem wrong. Seven, it causes people to refuse to acknowledge the positive accomplishments of those they vilify. <laughs> Eight, it convinces people to assign the blame for all the problems of society to one people group. Nine, it blinds people to its own prejudices. Ten, it motivates people to judge themselves by their intentions and others by their actions. This is spirit of religion and of politics, okay? Eleven, it causes people to redefine dishonoring attitudes as virtuous attributes. Twelve, people under its influence hunt in packs so they can feed off of the self-righteousness of others. That's some insightful stuff. He's saying that the spirit of religion and the spirit of politics really function from the same behaviors. It's just different contextual environments. All right. And I love what Chris said after that, because this is so humble. And, and I, I think that, I think that we need to, um, evaluate ourselves like this. Chris said this, I, I am saddened by how much of this I see in myself. Lord, help me to give no place in my heart to this spirit. Give me love for people with whom I strongly disagree. Teach me how to hear their concerns and listen from the heart of their cry to their cries. Listen from the heart to their cries. Show me how to be a father to all the people in a nation. Give me insights on how to be noble and virtuous, holding to righteous convictions while being patient with those who are living by a different standard. That's, that's some humility to even recognize that, that he's been um, influenced by some of these thoughts. And you know what? I would be surprised if not all of us have at some place been influenced by these ways. And, and, and so we need to, we need to ask the Lord to show us, like, is there anything in us that's causing us to not live from the Christ virtues towards others for the sake of politics or religion or whatever the thing is that you, that you would embrace. Now, with all that said, I want to get to where I'm, where I'm trying to go with this. I want to remind us all that, that we are in the world, but not of the world. That phrase, I always thought it was in the Bible. It's not, but it's a phrase that encapsulates a lot of things that are in the Bible. Okay. God has kept us in this earth on purpose to be salt and light to the world around us. And he, he is not, he is, he actually called on us to come out from among them, talking about the people who are living according to the value systems of the world. Come out from among them and be holy as I am holy. Now, Jesus, God, God didn't command us that so that we can separate ourselves and think, ooh, I'm better than them, evil on them. No, it's, it's come away from those things that hold you back from living in the full freedom of Christ and His kingdom and be separate from that stuff because it actually can can tarnish our soul it can it can cause us to live a a, a version of the life that he wants us to lo lower than that version and he loves us so much to not let us stay bound to those things okay it's not to judge people it's to set us free and he wants us to be uh he wants us to be salt and light so that we can show the world the goodness of god that has set us free so I want to read you guys a few thoughts here in, in the scriptures, and I'm going to, I need to open up my Bible here. Hope you guys are doing okay. I, I honestly only can see the response of the people in this room right now, and I know there's other people listening. Um, 
but I, I just, this is so much on my heart though, guys, because I, I want to make sure that, that we're operating from a right spirit. Okay. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. Remember this, we're not, we're, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. That's, that's for those of us who are living a Christ following life. Philippians 3, 20, 21 says this, for our citizenship is in heaven. <laughs> Pause for a second. I'm an American citizen. I've got friends who are citizens in Japan, citizens in Germany, the Netherlands, all places. But let me say this, because God has a superior view. His truth, it doesn't mean that, that I'm not a citizen of America, but, but there's a superior truth. We're citizens of heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the work by which he is able to even subdue all things to himself. Now that's powerful. We're citizens of heaven. All right, I've got a dual citizenship. One of them is superior to the other one. Heaven. I want to read 2 Corinthians 5 and a few verses of there. One of my favorite chapters. I'm going to read several verses here, so stay with me. 2 Corinthians 5, starting with verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Let me pause. God's actually wanting to see us live a life where we've died to ourselves and to the world around us so that we can live for him. Okay? Therefore, from now on, we regard no one. Everybody say no one. <laughs> we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. I preached on that verse many, many times because those of us who are in Christ, we've been fused together in him. We've been born again, given new natures. We are children of the most high God. The old sinful nature has been removed from us on the cross and was crucified with them. It's no longer us who lives, but Christ who lives in us. So we've been separated from a fleshly, sinful, worldly life, given birth into the kingdom of God, free from all those things. When God said, come out from among them and be holy, that's how you do it, through the new creation. We enter into the way of Christ. We died to that separated from it we've been made holy by being given birth to the holy one come on now all things are of god who has reconciled us to himself through jesus christ see we used to be in that realm but he reconciled us to him so he brought us out of that the old has passed away we died to that we were given new creations made new creations he gave birth to us. We become children of God. He reconciles out of that into him, okay? Um, through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So those of us who have been set free from that, brought into his kingdom, he's actually given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So that, that hits all levels here. God has called us to, to find the ways so we can try to reconcile those who are still in that world, the, in the fallenness of that world. That's, you know, it's early, it's the spirit of the world. It's under the second heaven dominion. He set us free from that. He wants us to rescue people from the bondages of sin and eternal damnation because God doesn't want anybody in that place. He wants us all in his kingdom to be brought through the cross, given birth to the resurrected child, childhood under God himself. Come on. Ministers of reconciliation. When there's broken relationships, even in the kingdom, he wants to be ministers of reconciliation. That's 
restoration of relationship. It's restoration of heart connection. It's, it's working through forgiveness and repentance and, and, and working through all the things that cause disconnection and heart wounds. He wants us to be ministers of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So he wants us to declare reconciliation to anybody who will receive it. Now then, check this out, verse 20. We are ambassadors for Christ. <laughs> we're citizens of heaven. We're, we're in this world, but not of it. So we're not... We, we can't be, we can't think from the mindset of this is my place. This is my culture. This is my tribe. Like we need to think of heaven. That's my place. That's my people. That's my tribe. That's my culture. That's who we are. And we bring that here on this earth. We're ambassadors. That means, you know, we're, we represent a different kingdom in a place. And we're bringing the virtues of that kingdom where we're at. Ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I'm going to stop there. Citizens of heaven, ambassadors for Christ. Wow. I feel like I'm talking a lot here, but... 1 Peter 2, 9-12... through 12. It says this, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. <laughs> Don't forget, Jesus didn't come to establish an earthly kingdom. He came to bring a kingdom that he had been the king of for eternity and establish that domain right here on this earth that he created that he always intended for that kingdom to be on but it got broken because of sin and adam and eve forfeited it to the liar and the thief and jesus came to restore and to redeem and to reconcile and and so now as as citizens of that have of that realm ambassadors on this earth he calls us a royal priesthood kings and priests it says we're not kings of an earthly kingdom we're here to demonstrate and to and to release that kingdom here all right by the way this thought just came to me jesus taught us that these signs and wonders will follow those who believe and i want to say the the bible is very clear that the signs and the wonders follow people who are demonstrating and teaching the kingdom of god it, and and it, the signs and wonders do not follow religion. Signs and wonders don't follow politics. He's endorsing the message of his kingdom being released in the earth. Amen? So we are kings and priests, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, check this out. I beg you as sojourners, as pilgrims. Another translation says aliens, and I'm not talking about UFOs. Aliens like people who are passing through a land that's not their own. All right? It calls us pilgrims, sojourners, or aliens, Passing through, it says, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against our soul. Now, we are from another kingdom. We're on this earth, but it's as if we're passing through it like pilgrims. This is not our home, my friends. We, we get it. We're renting this place for a while. This is not our home. All right. But, but we need to pass through this place and not get caught up in the affairs of of the spirit of the world around us. He said those, the fleshly lusts which war against the soul. And I, I want to, even as I talk about like the, the, the charged atmosphere of politics and religion and all the animosity and the polarizations and all the things that people have extreme opinions about and they're getting mad at each other. There's, there's strife and there's, there's anger and, and dishonor and all these things. Like that's 
the world. We, we are passing through. That is not ours. Let's not participate. <laughs> Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Whoa. Honorable conduct. That, that could be a pause. Honorable. That when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. God is expecting us to live like Jesus. He wants us to function from the culture of heaven. It's, it's, a, it's an opposite spirit to this place that we live in right now. It, it, is, a, it is definitely, there's, there's friction um, it, it, it is not popular, but Jesus is calling on us to take the low road or high road. However you like to, there's two different ways to see it. Low road, because we're, we're laying our lives down to the King. We're laying our lives down to those around us. We're, we're not getting caught up in, in all the unnecessary temporal issues that have nothing to do with eternity. Okay. We're part of a superior and a separate or holy kingdom. We have rights and entitlements on this earth as citizens of an earthly nation, okay? We do have those rights. However, that doesn't mean that Jesus wants us to do everything that everybody says it's your right or entitlement to do. Because to be Christ-like, that means we're supposed to lay our lives down, sometimes even our rights. Not to the world system, ever to that. We're not laying our lives down to the world, but to Christ, to our brothers and sisters, and to our neighbor, lay our lives down. To be Christ-like, to live from the kingdom, the, the culture of kingdom of heaven, it, it requires humility. Humility, laying down my need to be right. My, lay down my need to, to win Laying it down to serve and to lift others up. It, it teaches us in the Bible to consider others' interests above your own. Now, I'm not talking about partnering with people who are standing for things that, that you don't believe in. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the attitude of the heart. All right? Honor and respect. With G, you know, Jesus taught us to, to love one another and to do unto others as we would have them do to us. There's something about the way we treat one another, the way we carry our heart, that's going to either demonstrate the spirit of Christ or the spirit of the world. And we can even demonstrate from the spirit of the world doing the right things. So God wants us to really cultivate a culture of honor and how we're living our lives. I, I see, see brothers and sisters in the Lord riling each other on Facebook regularly and, and Christians slandering people. For different reasons. Again, I'm not saying you can't you can't speak up for what you value, but it's it's one thing to to speak a value. It's another thing to speak against someone else and to crush them. Okay, there, there's you know there's the Trump and Pence and there's the Pelosi and Biden like animosity. There's right versus left, Fox versus CNN. <laughs> People who, who love the grace movement and, and love it so much that they call anybody who tries to have responsibility and do things um, well, they call them Pharisees because we live by grace, not by works. There's sometimes animosity on these things. Uh, should, we, should I wear a mask or should I not wear a mask in public? Let's get back on track. Let's stay in quarantine longer. There's, there's animosity happening. There, there's the, you know, people who are, thriving on conspiracy theories and people are saying the media is right about everything. There's all these different things that people are like, there's anger and there's let, let me tear you down so I can stand strong in this. Again, it's okay to voice and to stand for what you believe, but it's how you do it. And I want you to consider a few things. I'm coming close. I believe to an end here. We'll see. I'm not telling you a time because I get in trouble on that. I'm going to read you a few verses. Consider these things. If you want to stand and, and speak your voice on something, let it pass through these filters first. Okay, here's a few filters. The first one is from 1 Corinthians 10, 
23 through 24. It says this, that Paul said, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. So I have the right. I, I've got a, the second amendment right. I can say whatever I want, and you're wrong for punishing me for it. However, should I say everything that I'm thinking or feeling depends. Is it going to benefit someone or is it going to tear someone down? Is this going to, like, I, I got my rights, I got my entitlements, but is it going to produce good fruit or is it just going to rile up hearts and create anger and animosity with no kingdom end on the other side of it? Now, again, I'm not, I'm not even going to say that it's wrong that somebody gets offended for what you say. I'm just saying, is there a kingdom fruit-filled end that God's trying to produce as you're doing that? First Timothy 3, 7, here's another filter. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into a reproach and the snare of the devil. It's talking about uh, a qualification of somebody God's trying to rise up into influence and leadership. And it's talking about having a good testimony for, with those on the outside. Are you doing things that's, that, people, that people can testify good about the way you're living your life? Or are you just a train wreck everywhere you're going? Are you causing, are you burning bridges, causing wrecks? Or are you building people up and making people realize there's actually redemptive value to the things you're trying to stand for? Here's another filter. James 4, 10 through 11. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Are you doing this from humility? Are you letting the Lord be the one who promotes you instead of finding your own way to that place? Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. Are you speaking evil against people? He who speaks evil of a brother and judges a brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. All right, so we got we to gotta make sure this filter. Am I being humble? Am I allowing the Lord to be the one to exalt me um, instead of me self-promoting? Am I speaking evil of someone? Because that's not God's heart. I'm sorry. John 13, 35, here's the final one I want to say. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Are we choosing showing and demonstrating the love of God the way that he wants to express it. Are we choosing that and how we're carrying ourselves? I want to tell you guys something. I know this sounds like a political focused message and it really isn't. Even though that's been a lot of my, my focal point, that's not the point. That's, that's the thing that's charged right now in the atmosphere. But the fact is, doesn't matter whether it's about politics or just the way you're interacting with a friend or an enemy or a family member. God wants us to, to find out from ourselves, are, are we functioning from a right spirit towards others? Are we, are we trying to be right and, and judging them because they don't agree? Or are we finding the way of honor towards those around us? Because that's his heart. He wants us to be people of honor. If you're going to make a stand, do it God's way. Be anchored from the third heaven, not the second heaven or the earth, and express the heart and the mission of Christ into the earth. If you're, if you're going to resound your voice on something, let it be from the spirit of what God's trying to bring into this world, to bring redemption and restoration and reconciliation and salvation and establishment of his love meekness is something that christ wants us to live in and it, it can mean strength under restraint it doesn't mean to pretend like you're not powerful it means be powerful and have self-control and use it and aim it where it needs to be aimed so that it actually is productive and beneficial instead of just running over people.
All right, meekness is not strength. Sorry, strength and powerfulness. It's not bad. It's how we handle it. And I, I heard Steve Backlund say last week that that uh, how did he word that? <laughs> I just had it, and I lost it. He said, I think he said humility, or he said humility doesn't mean. No, sorry, pride. He said pride doesn't mean that you don't recognize that you're a powerful, amazing person. It just means recognizing that everybody else is powerful, amazing too. So we actually need to live in our strength, but we need to honor the strength in one another as well. So meekness, strength under restraint. I'm not just going to be a, an ox that bulldozes down anything that gets in my way. I'm going to hone my strength in and I'm going to aim it to what, what the kingdom purposes are and advance the kingdom in a, in a righteous and right way. And Jesus said, Matthew 5, 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And guess what? The earth can be inherited. It can, the kingdom can be expanded into all the earth, but it's going to come through a meek spirit. It's going to come through love. It's going to come through fighting the right fight. Not an earthly fight. Okay? Now, I'm not saying we don't stand for things because obviously laws are trying to get passed that could, that could really hinder um, our abilities to, to move and, and, and act freely as Christians. I understand that. And there's a place for that, but it's got to be from the spirit of Christ and not the political spirit. Got to be from love and all these things. Last week, Steve Backlund said, if we don't get angry at the right things, we get angry at the wrong people. And there's so much in that, that statement. It's not bad to be angry, but you need to target it at the right place. And it is not those people. The, the Bible teaches it, us that our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers of the air. And if we think that people who have an agenda is our enemy, we're going to attack them. But we actually need to stand for the agenda of the kingdom of God and love people well while we're doing it. So choose your battles. Choose God's battles and fight his and fight the right enemy. It's not the people. Amen. I want to say this before I close. There's a, there's a lot of, um, this is a challenging time for people in leadership right now, trying to figure out where do we go from here. And, you know, for, whether it's people who are leaders in the government, people who are leaders in businesses, churches, schools, whatever environment, leaders are trying to find the best way forward safely. And I just want to say, like, like people can have their, there's people on the, every part of the spectrum of, you know, let's stay on one side, let's stay quarantined for as long as we need to. That's more important than economy. Okay, that's, that's fine. I don't have a problem with you feeling that way. Other people are, why did we do this in the first place? This thing's false or whatever. There's people everywhere in between. I'm probably somewhere over here. Like, like I, I know this is real and I want to be cautious, but at the same time, I want to, I want to move forward so we can keep building towards the things that we're called to do. And trust in the Lord for protection, all these things, right? So there's, there's different places that people can stand on this. But the pro, it's okay. Wherever people are, it's okay. What's not okay is somebody here thinking this person's wrong and they're bad for trying to make this happen. Well, what if their, their heart is actually good in what they think? Vice versa, this direction, all right? And now, now look at me. I'm the, I'm, I'm the senior leader of Overflow Church. And Overflow family, we're trying to figure some things out. We, we don't have a church building like a lot of churches around here. It's not easy just to say, hey, we're going to get back to it. And, but we want to, but we also want to respect the people who can't yet or don't feel comfortable doing it yet. We're trying to figure this stuff out. And there, there may be some people like, why haven't we already started a meeting? We can do this. We can do that. I know. Well, we're trying to figure it out. But, but I just want to ask us, like, Let's not think short-sighted in this time. Let's think big picture. Let's not get antsy about, you know, a few weeks when we're trying to actually build towards eternity right now. 
Um, let's find our way through this together. I want to ask people, like, let's knit our hearts together in this time, even, even if people are in different places and we're trying to transition this thing and find our way through it. Let's link arms, you know, whether it's in person or on a screen or Zoom or phone calls, like, let's link arms. Let's not be judgmental. I want to encourage us to, to seek a spirit of unity to, to choose honor, even for people who have a different stance with how we're doing these things. And that goes with society. Like, let's choose to honor people. You can do what you need to for yourself, but let's, let's not enter into animosity or, or offense, criticalness, because somebody's doing it differently. Let's choose, to, let's choose Jesus' way. Let's honor. Let's do what we need to do. Let's follow our convictions. Let's do these things right. I'm going to close now, I promise you, with this statement, all right? The next election is not going to determine the outcomes of whether the kingdom of God gets established on this earth or not. I'm not saying it won't have influencing aspects to how this can be managed. However, I just want to say it, you know, whether Trump gets elected, Biden, or if some other person pops on the scene, I don't know, like, we really know who we want. Pray towards it. That's great. And please vote when the time's right, according to your own convictions. But I want to say, no matter what, God didn't have the, the American 2021 president in his mind when he prophesied in the word that the the kingdom or the, the gospel is going to be preached to all nations before he comes back. And, and he didn't have the presidential election in his mind when he, when he said that the, the, the body of Christ is going to grow into the full maturity and it's going to be glorious bride and all these things that he's promised that's going to happen that we haven't seen fully yet. Those things are coming. It's not contingent on politics. It's contingent on remembering that Jesus came down that back alley. He didn't come trying to establish an earthly kingdom. He came to bring a kingdom that pays no respect <laughs> to the kingdoms of this earth. It, it's going to do what it's going to do no matter what. It's a leaven that spreads that cannot be reversed. It will continue to expand and it's going to do it. it. It cannot, it can't be subdued by the laws of the land. All right. We respect those. I'm just saying that God's going to do it despite what's happening. But it's not contingent on politics or governments. It's contingent on you. On you. And on me. Doing what Steve Backlund said last Sunday. Arise and shine. For the glory has come. We get to determine, are we going to rise up? Are we going to stay yoked to third heaven and release that on this earth? Are we going to allow the Pentecost power of the Holy Spirit to flow through us and be everything that God's called us to be? Are we going to focus on His kingdom, doing it His ways, not the ways of the bandwagons, but the ways of Jesus Christ, the who goes against the grain? And even Jesus even taught us that the, the, you know, the path, well, it's, it's probably Proverbs, but it said that it talks about Wide is the road that leads to destruction, narrows the path that leads to life. It's not the popular path, but that's the path that brings the kingdom. And I'm calling on us to, to, to choose to live the virtues of Jesus and to live his culture and to bring that to this earth. Let's show the world what Jesus really looks like, because it's way better than what we've seen through religion. It's way better than what we've seen through politics. It's Jesus the, the loving Father was displayed through the heart and the life of Jesus Christ. We get to live from that place. Hallelujah. And I'm done. I'm going to pray for us right now. Thank you, God. Lord, I bless everybody that's listening. I pray if anybody felt offense rising up from things I said, I, I pray that you'll help them to hear the spirit of truth. In, in, the, in these things, Lord, and <clears throat> help us, God, to, Lord, it's not that we want to say we don't have a voice, as to say we want to speak it with the right heart. And I pray that you'll help us to prioritize your kingdom 
above all things and to remember we're citizens of heaven. We're ambassadors of heaven. We're pilgrims on this earth. This is not our place. We're renting it. But we get to release the kingdom while we're here, Lord. And I pray that you'll help us to see how we demonstrate your kingdom, how we demonstrate love, how we demonstrate honor. Honor, really, we don't even know if honor is happening until it gets challenged by somebody who rubs it. (laughs) Help us, Lord, to honor the way you do and to do it well. Friends, I love you guys. Sorry, I'm not... This is my first time I've ever even spoken on this topic. I don't plan on it being a series. <laughs> I want to get back to healing. But I I just felt God's heart on this. I just, I just want to call us to, to demonstrate love well. To, to demonstrate meekness. Strength under restraint. It doesn't mean don't be strong. It just means let's hone it in and do it God's way. All right, I love you guys. <laughs>